Hi, I'm Joanna. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Alexis. Hi, I'm Natalia. And welcome to Podacity, where we'll be reading about how dare the sun rise. So for our first topic, we're going to be talking about the background history in the book. Yeah, and I'll be the one doing that. So from chapters 1 through 11, the story takes place. Well, it's not really a story. It's like a biography. It takes place during the Second Congo War. But we need to know what happened in the First Congo War because they're really intertwined with each other. So what happened was there was a Rwandan genocide where groups of a Hutu tribe murdered the Tutsis and some peaceful Hutus, and over 800,000 people were killed in like 100 days. So the Rwandan Patriotic Front overthrew the Rwandan government, and they were led by the Tutsis. And 2 million refugees fled from, fled from Rwanda to Congo. I just learned how to pronounce that, by the way. I'm so proud of myself. And people living in the refugee areas were really constantly harassed by Rwandan rebels. And the war officially started in 1996 because the Tutsi banded together and forced, it, forced out Rwandans out of Congo. And the Rwandans and Ugandan armies invaded Congo. And it officially ended May 1997 after the Alliance of Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Congo Zaire which was just basically the Rwandan and Ugandan armies, they overthrew the government and renamed the country the, De- the Democratic Republic of Congo. And they named, and they made Laurent Desire Kabila the new president. So then, in August 1998, a little after the year of the first Congo, the Eastern Congo was super unstable. The president was like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of the AFDL with Rwandan and Uganda, I, I'll just let the Hutu armies go back to Eastern Congo and it'll be fine. So then Rwanda and Uganda invade East Congo, Congo, pardon me, and there was just a whole war, they were invading it, and other countries like Angola, Namibia, and Zimbabwe helped um, Kabila for like five years and stopped the invasion. So they also had a peace treaty and figured their stuff out. But the UN wanted peacekeepers to make sure everyone was still being peaceful. But then, plot twist. Here's the plot twist, you guys. In January 2001, Kabila was assassinated and his son had to take over. And he made sure that all the peace treaties went through with the rebels, with the other countries. And even though it ended in 2003, disease and malnutrition were still killing people and people were still violent. And it caused over... 5.4 million deaths and 2 million people were displaced. So, since Rwandan rebels started the war, it kind of made sense why Sandra, the author of this book, was bullied for looking Rwandan while she was living in Congo. So, that's the background of the story. We should move on to our next topic, which is... The next topic is about the first massacre... And some questions that I have is, how do you guys feel about the massacre? I think it was really unfortunate, and too many people died. It it really hit close to home when Sandra was describing her little sister and how much she loved her. And then her little sister dies, and that just really brings the reader into like, wow, 
I didn't experience that, but I can kind of feel that heartache of losing yeah. someone close to you. you know? I mean, I completely agree. Like, and to see your family, like your family members just die, it's just, and all like in those couple of days, like it just, it must suck to see that. And also adding on to that, um, for her to be so young, it's, it was a, a lot for her and she was traumatized a lot which must have been super hard for her and it probably still hard for her now yeah to add on to that she was only 10 years old and she saw people being burned alive she saw people get shot she saw her mom get shot in the stomach which then ended up killing her younger sister deborah and she through all of this her brother a lot of her brothers weren't with her and her family some of them were in the mountains. Her tribe was just everywhere. Torn apart. Mm-hmm. It's really heartbreaking, you know? I can't imagine ever going through something like that. And to think it was so recently as a, as in, like, what did she say, like, 2003, 2004-ish? Yeah. Like, that was literally 16 years ago, 17 years ago. And she was so young. Like, I mean, when I was 10 years old, I was running around outside, and I had a great life i just i can't imagine that yeah she probably had to grow up so fast just to deal with that yeah still deals with like ptsd from that night and it's really unfortunate to see all these children that have to go through war grow up and they're like what do i do with my life i'm just so traumatized i can't imagine having to go through that so going from what we just talked about how we felt about the massacre um did the massacre change who Sandra is today? Like, how did it, how did the massacre affect her? I think she learned about how the world is not a perfect place, that there's also good and bad people, and that people can be meaner than they seem to be, and also how kids were taught to hate and when kids are taught to hate, they they grow up hating and then end up teaching their kids. And it it seems like it never stops ending. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know, she probably learned to really be untrusting of people because she had, she grew up in a village where everyone was friends with everyone. Everyone was a big old family. But then to learn that someone really hates you, like you remember the part where they were driving away because they knew that that their little village was going to get harassed, right? And they were driving away as far as they could to a refugee camp, just try, trying to get out of there. And they went through that one town, and they were just, and they were harassed in the car, and even the driver left them with the keys. You know, that must have been so hard to recover from because she was, like, two weeks before, she was just hanging out in church, and even, like, a couple days before she was gonna be the like I don't want to say prom queen but she was gonna be like the I think the bride bride. thank you of her little um Mm -hmm. town dance and that was gonna be like the peak of her life but now she has to go through all of this like that instant switch you know that must have been really hard I think it made her stronger actually you know and it helped um, it, it helped her yeah like she gets to see how strong she is yeah like if I can go through that I can go through anything exactly but 
Yeah, it just sounds like a really difficult time to be in. And maybe she's hopefully she saw some good in the world still after that one guy. You know when after the driver left with the keys and this random guy from that little area grabbed the keys from him and drove like dropped the family off somewhere else, you know? Like hopefully she still saw some good after that what that one guy did even though she never saw him again, you know? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that it was, like, a moment of growth for her because she, like, saw that her parents, like, couldn't do anything in that moment when the Congolese people were attacking their van. But she also realized that, like, even though her family couldn't really do anything, they were, like, all together and they could be there for each other. Like, just in that Like, the only thing that matters, pretty much. Just being alive and being together. like... Mm-hmm. that's like all that they had yeah but it's just hard because their family was separated at that time too you know so just those mm-hmm. are the strongest people in your life right now and it's probably heartbreaking just to see the strongest people you know looking so weak and terrified especially as a kid because when you're little you think your parents are gods but that probably changed her perspective of how her parents how she viewed her parents. I think it would have been harder for her um, if her parents passed away because um, she saw them as of, of as people who were protecting her. Yeah. They were her saviors. They were her protection. If she lost that, then who was going to be there for her? Who was going to so protect her from the world? Who, who do you think, like, do you think she would have survived if she didn't have her parents? I think she sort of would have because I think she was just, like, meant to be a survivor. Like, she was meant to be there and to fight, even if her parents weren't, like, didn't make it. Like, she for sure would have survived. Like, she's super strong and really resilient. And even after she thought, remember when they were in the tent in the refugee camp and she had the gun pointed to her? Like, a little before that, she thought her mom Mm -hmm. died. She did not know where her dad was, and she still managed Mm -hmm. to pull through that. I feel like she would have just felt a lot weaker despite her being so strong if she had lost both her parents what do you think emily i agree like she and like she was smart enough to know that oh i have to escape escape instead of just staying there with her mom and her sister and the others in the tent like she she's like told herself i need to survive and even after like she made it um out yeah, yes, she was um, afraid, but deep inside of her, sh- she felt that she could do it. That survivor's instinct. Yeah. So what's our next topic for discussion? So the next topic is how Sandra has changed over time. To begin with, how do you guys think Sandra changed over time? Well, I think she went from a happy-go-lucky child living her best life going to school with loving parents big house huge family even if it wasn't like blood family she was related in some kind of way really had a true connection with everyone in her village because it was really her mom that instilled that into her so she had a really good childhood and just to be ripped away from that because of this war it really affected her. Like we can kind of see in chapter 11 that she was just completely 
traumatized from this war. Like, she couldn't sleep. She couldn't really eat. I know they didn't have food, but, like, even when they did, she just couldn't eat. Like, she had this happy childhood and went to a really messed up one. So that could really affect her, like, mental health and how she sees herself and how she sees the world, you know? That's what I think. Yeah. And adding on to that, what do you think was her breaking point of her innocence? Was it, like, to the gun to her head or the beginning, like, in the beginning of the book, The Massacre? I think it would have been when like the whole massacre was happening and when she saw her like mother get shot with her little sister on the mother's back and then like like not knowing if her mom and her sister were alive after that what do you think emily i think it did um start there i also think it kind of started a little bit where when she was discriminated at school and also on the ride um there to get to the camps like she realized like how strong um hate could be from people I think it might have been all of that too but also when she realized she was like wow because she was so numb sorry I got too ahead before I explained myself but it also could have been when she found her little sister's body when she finally reunited with her parents but it wasn't a body anymore. It was just bones and her sister's skull. And in that moment, she didn't know how to react. So I think that might have just been the numbness right after her breaking point when she just couldn't feel anything. You know? What do you think, Natalia? I think, like, that. I think it was in the massacre, like, definitely during that point of the book where she lost her innocence. And then there's so many places in the book where I was just shocked to read about and like to the gun to her head and she's really strong and that she didn't, she, she didn't get shot and, and that she escaped from the refugee camp. So I, I think it was definitely the massacre and seeing her mother get shot because her mother I mean, especially for me, like, my mother is my my everything. Like, I always look up to her. And for a little kid to see your mother get shot, I think that just completely takes away your innocence. Yeah, I can't imagine ever going through that. I don't know how she did it. And even though her mom survived, there was just that period of time where she genuinely didn't know what was going on. She was just running and running until she couldn't anymore until she found a safe place to actually be far far away from everything else yeah so what do you think of the book so far I think um since I first started reading the first page I uh I loved it I I love the way that she's so brave in telling her story because not many people could actually be able to tell their story it's especially for her that she was super young and she got to see so much at a young age, I think that it's good for her to be able to share her story with others so she can inspire inspire those and motivate others. and I feel like she is really brave for doing this because not a lot of people are able to talk about their traumas. And it's really hard for them 
to be able to relive that. And she, writing this book, and I know she wrote it with someone named Abigail Pesta, telling this other author and retelling this story just to make it publishable must have been so hard. And I can't believe she managed to do that. I think it was a way for her to cope uh, with with everything, just writing that book. And she did. She was really brave to put it out there for everyone to read about her troubles. But overall, I love reading the book. I think it's a really great book so far. Yeah, it's a really good book. Um, just the way it's written, it's easy to follow along to. It's really, it really descriptive, like you can actually picture everything happening in your head and not a lot of books are able to not a lot of biographies are able to portray that they usually tell you what's happening instead of showing you what's happening if that makes sense so I think it's just really well written and the story is just really interesting to read about because I never knew there was a war in Congo like two wars in Congo actually I didn't know that so I'm just learning so much from this book. I also think that no matter what your background is, I think you could in some way relate to um, how Sandra was when she was younger. Yeah, because we all had a happy child. Well, hopefully all of us had a happy childhood where it was just carefree, <laughs> easy days. And you can think back to that. You can reflect on that while you're reading this book. Like she went all through all of this when she was 10. When I was 10, I was just picking daisies in a field behind the school you know so it really gives you a whole different perspective of your life and other people's lives what do you think Joanna I was just gonna say that like it's such an emotional book like just reading it it's like like honestly I could feel as if I was in her shoes like not you know not directly in her shoes but it's like you could feel like like you can see what she's living through and she describes it like just so not briefly details what's the word that's not briefly (laughs) yeah so detailed (laughs) it's like you're just walking in her footsteps and it's just like she had to go through PTSD at such a young age and I don't know, like like Natalia said, when she's like coping with it, I honestly, I didn't know, I didn't think of that at first, but now I like agree with that because like just rewriting it, it was like, it could have been a sense of release for, a relief. To actually like, accept what was going on. Yeah, I think like yeah. writing the book was just the final end to all of this. It was a way of her putting it out, you know, like just say everything that happened and then that's it just to to help get over yeah it. that happened in my life I'm just yeah. gonna try to grow and move past it it's still gonna affect me but at least this door is closed this chapter is over in my life yeah yeah I agree yeah okay so I think that's a great place to end it with the chapters closing thank you for listening and joining in on podacity I'm Joanna I'm Alexis I'm Emily. And I'm Natalia. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.